here at Keene State College and excited to be with you here on another edition of the Campus Corner. In studio with me today, Hunter Kirshner, our program assistant, support coordinator, no, program coordinator, program, program support, support assistant, assistant. For LGBTQ students. <laughs> Sorry, try that again. Program support assistant for LGBTQ students. I'm so sorry, Hunter. Quite That's right. a very long title. Does it say C reverse on your card? And <laughs> goes around. <laughs> um, welcome, and it's good to have you here in studio with me this morning. Thank you. Good morning. Um, running the board this morning right now, Diana Duffy is about to hand over the board to Sean Belden. He's a sophomore here at Keene State, and he is a multimedia and journalism major. Sean, it's great to have you in studio with us today, and we'll hear your voice in a few minutes when we're, we're rolling through the show. So as Diana led us, led us up today, this is the Campus Corner. It's a program where we take about a half an hour each week to meet with faculty, staff, and students from Keene State to highlight some of the amazing things going on at the college. So Hunter, thank you for taking time to be in studio today. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, so what I typically want to do is I open up the show by getting a sense of who my guest is in the in the room and, and what brought you to Keene State. And so as a staff member here at Keene and also a student here at Keene, mm. you have two really amazing perspectives on this college. So maybe first you could speak from a student perspective. What brought you to Keene State? You know, kind of what, what excited you about coming to study here and what did you study and what are you working on as, you, as you're here with us? Sure. Wow, that's so interesting. I uh, did not anticipate to talk about my student role, but yeah. I'm very happy to um, because it is a big part of my experience in Keene State working here and being a part of this community. Um, I, yeah, came to Keene State. Uh, I mean, I think a lot when people talk about Keene State and why they came here and why they stay here, why they work here, is about the community and the relationships that you can build on campus, um, right, with students, staff, faculty, um, and the administration. Um, And certainly in having worked here for a couple of years before Mm -hmm. transferring, I felt very much uh, at home and a part of things, and I felt like this was a campus community that I could um, thrive in and succeed in, um, right, and yeah. um, continue, right, to, um, yeah, build my relationships, um, build my academics, have a lot of opportunities, as well as this um, right combination of a student-staff role. Mm-hmm. Like, I get um, really amazing opportunities Um, through my staff role, of course, to um, build relationships with students um, and faculty. Uh, And then being in the classroom, also as a student, I get a different perspective with students and get to be their peers in a different way, um, as well as with faculty and getting to see how they they do their jobs in the classroom. and you're and you're studying. What is the oh sure the program? Uh, yeah, so I uh, am a women and gender studies major. Awesome, um, that's incredible. It. And we just had a meeting. Uh, Hunter and I were both in a meeting a week ago with many of our students and Tanine, one of our faculty members in the women's and gender study program. And it was just it was incredible to hear through the through the experience of the students, kind of how transformative that program can be, opening up self reflection and also understanding kind of historical context around gender. Um, roles and uh, power in our society. So very cool. And you're you're finishing the program now? You're in the final stages? Or are you done? Did you no, finish? No, I will walk in May, and then Yay. I need one more class in the summer. Yes, Yay. it's very exciting. I was trying to remember if in the last few years I've shaken your hand when you no, cross the stage because I always yet. try to shake everybody's sure. hand. Um, so this May. Yes. Good. I'm looking forward to it. So, um, so you 
came to Keene as a student studying in this program, transferred in from another institution. You've spoken about the community, and then you have stayed with us to take on a really important role, which is the commitment of this college to building that community, to making sure that all students feel welcome and supported. And so you and colleagues in the Office of Diversity and Multiculturalism really look at the student experience um, and make a lot of recommendations and are doing some amazing work. And so I really want to spend a lot of the time today talking through kind of the, the issues you're facing, the, the sense that you have of where we are um, and what, what you see next. So maybe let's start the questions with how did, so from your first experiences, what is the importance of the office that you're in? Like, so, so talk a little bit with our listeners about the office, why we've created it here, the team, um, and let's start there. So just the office and the team that you work with. Okay, wonderful. So I specifically work in the Office of Multicultural Student Support and Success um, with my colleague, Kaya Ramimper. Um, we do a lot of direct student support. So we have students who come through our physical office, which is on the second floor of the student center. We have a lounge area as well as the office that um, Kaya and I work in. Very comfortable seating, I might add, yes. in the lounge area. I've checked it out a couple times. Very nice. We try to make it very comfortable, <laughs> right? It's low lighting, couches. Um, there's a television and a computer in there, um, right? So a space for students to gather. Um, because I think um, one of the real main thrusts of our work is creating community. Mm -hmm. And so a space is really important to do that. Um, and granted, we have the whole campus, but it's nice to have a dedicated space um, for that kind of work and for students to just land mm -hmm. um, that we are right adjacent to and can um, continue to build our conversations if they have um, uh, particular needs or questions or even um, not that, right? Even things to celebrate and things to share, right? Um, right their excitements and things that they get to do, um, which is always um, a wonderful time. There are always students in there. Um, and so the, yeah, so I feel like a lot of the work we're doing is not only supporting uh, individual students in mm -hmm. their own journeys, um, but helping them find one another um, to create these social networks mm -hmm. um, so that they, right, can support and champion each other. Um, because I think that's what it's about. Even though we have a very individualistic culture, no one reaches success by themselves. Right. Um, and when you are able to share those experiences and struggles and triumphs with people with shared experience and that shared understanding, um, I don't know. I think there's so much. There's uh, it can be a much richer experience right. um, for not having to explain yourself in that way. Um, yeah, so a lot of it is community building, yes. right? That individual support, because um, part of it, right? Um, thinking about the uh, history of higher education, um, right? It was purposefully um, exclusive, um, exclusive of mm -hmm. um, uh, right women, people of color. Um, there wasn't visibility of mm -hmm. LGBTQ people, um, and so trying to. Uh, shift structures and processes, uh, as well as um, beliefs, ideas, and culture to um, incorporate, involve, and um, make visible and celebrate, right, um, right, these more underrepresented populations. It's really important, and I think what we're going to do, we'll take a quick station break here on the Campus Corner uh, 91.3 FM, WKNH.org, here at Keene State. Uh, and when we come back, we'll pick up with the discussion of how we've evolved as a uh, an academy of higher education and, and the work ahead. So thank you. 
Good morning, and it's Melinda Treadwell here on the campus corner on WKNHFM at Keene State College 91.3. In studio with me this morning is Hunter Kirshner. Welcome back, Hunter, from that break. And Sean, thank you for managing the board for us this morning and keeping us on time. Um, So, Hunter, when we went to station break, we were talking about the evolution within higher ed, that, that as we've moved through the history of higher education internationally, um, and I would say all of our society, as, as women have, have um, gained more rights and privileges as traditionally underrepresented groups, as you were saying just before we left, began to um, engage in higher education study and an experience, um, oftentimes those underrepresented groups need to form communities and needed to find space. And so that's part of the, the genesis of the office of multiculturalism and student support, um, part of your role working specifically with our LGBTQ students here at Keene State College. Um, And when I think about the things that we know really define Keene State, that sense of community, that sense of safety and and connectivity, these types of programs are really important because we have many, many different communities, even though we are one community at Keene State. So I really appreciated what you were saying about how students gather and celebrate and and also bring issues and concerns. So if you could, for the listeners, give a sense. So you and Kaya Rumpiar are in that office every day working with our students. You're working with our faculty and staff. You're really, you're working with me and with the rest of the college administration to make sure we're mindful and aware of things that we may not be otherwise without your advocacy and voice. So as you and Kaya work with students, what are some of the big issues that you're facing right now? What are some of the opportunities that you see for Keene State? Um, and maybe let's just step into it from there. Sure. Um, the students that I work with, um, oh, I'm sorry, they're just beautiful and I love them so much. <laughs> they um, are at many different points, right, in their journey, right, as first-year students are coming into college of course, that can be a really tricky transition of figuring out who you are independent from your family, your hometown, your high school, um, and coming to Keene State and, and forging that piece of your new identity. Um, and then also thinking about um, sexual orientation and gender identity, right? That's, that, can al- that also is quite an exploration um, for the students that I work with. I have had a number of students already uh, this fall semester come out to me as trans and say, now what do I do? Um, or are still struggling and questioning and trying to figure out what's right for them. And so they're trying to figure out who they are in the world, at this college, and in their own bodies. Um, And so that manifests in a lot of different ways, and their needs are shifting all the Mm -hmm. time, which is also hard. Um, While um, people at the college have a lot of different um, priorities and things that they're focusing on, right, like... um, Often, um, faculty can might have a hard time using they, them pronouns for a student, um, and that comes up, uh, yeah, too often. Um, but it can be understand it, understandable in terms of right, the larger context of everything that faculty are trying to um, juggle and attend to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the impact on the student means that you don't see me or respect me, mm-hmm. um, and that can have right, really detrimental effects for their ability to engage in the class and mm-hmm. then do well. Um, and so, right, so there are these larger things that are happening that manifest in these individual ways. Yes. Um, so when you think about um, the importance, I mean, college is about, and what we speak to all students and families about is coming to Keene State is a place where we know we have academic program offerings and student support services that will help a student find their way 
to their passions, to their future, to be nimble in the world that's around them. And, and our aim is to always scaffold those experiences. So as you have those individual experiences in the broader context of, of the classroom environment um, or the, the facility environment, the residential housing mm-hmm. environments, um, what are some of the, the really good success stories you'd want to share with some of our listeners, things we're doing really well? And then things that that we're engaged in really trying to improve upon. I mean, I think we've had a lot of conversations um, to think about what we need to do more effectively. Um, and then those things that, yes, we're, we're kind of hitting them. And the students are feeling really successful and happy about, about a number of things. But there are other things we're doing. So maybe help me understand a little of some really big successes as you've looked in that construct. And then also continuing challenges for us. Sure. Um, I mean, a huge success was um, right a few years ago of getting the chosen first name option in place, right? So much like the pronouns I was just speaking to, students um, who uh, right, may be transitioning to a different gender or just exploring their identity uh, might be using a different name than their legal name. And so that comes up, of course, a lot in the classroom as well as other spaces on campus. Um, and so the chosen first name option was a way, is a way um, to have that piece of students' identity reflected, um, right, in the classroom, on Canvas, in mm-hmm. Res Life, um, on their email address, things of that nature. Um, and that effort was um, really uh, student-centered. It was students who were asking for this. And then uh, a group of staff and faculty um, worked together to implement this on campus. Um, and uh, I would say just um, I was at Antioch University at the time, and we had a number of students who were grad only at Antioch, so master's and Ph.D., and our students were asking the same thing. And we actually looked to Keene State because Keene State was ahead of, I think, a number of other higher ed institutions. Mm-hmm. So I just really want to accentuate and perhaps underscore the fact that our students came to us asking for something that was a, not a traditional approach of an institution of higher learning within all of its information technology systems and everything else, but but we made it work and then became a model. And I know it was extremely helpful for the community at Antioch University, New England, as we were trying to set up similar systems. In fact, we brought over your IT mm-hmm. team to talk to us about how to do that within our own student information system. So so I just want to underscore and really give a shout out to the team that did that because it was something that was ahead of its time, if you will, for institutions of higher learning, and I think a, a true success. So sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to underscore that. Um, Thank you for that, um, that greater context. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, of course, right, it was a hard job, right? It's it's a balance between, right, the front-facing things that are happening and the work that has to happen behind the scenes, right? IT had to create all new fields, right? There wasn't an easy thing to just plug it in. Right. Um, You have to do a lot of coding and and having our systems talk to one another so that it can actually be a functional tool. Right. Um, And, yeah, and the students, right, really feel like... They love it, right? They, you know, will come in and show me their arrow card and see, look, I did it. Um, And in that way, right, feel really affirmed uh, at this institution. Um, And that, right, is an ongoing uh, opportunity for them to do that. Um, So some challenges, you know, so we've been in conversations, and I know that um, you and Kaya in the office, so we have a diverse student population on campus. We have a diverse world that we live in, um, and I think this is not unique to Keene, but institutions are challenging, uh, challenged right now, and we're working really hard to make sure that as a liberal arts institution, we value the importance of engaging across difficult dialogues. So how do we talk about 
the issues that our students are bringing and that they're, they want to talk through together and with us as faculty and staff and administration. And so we're, we're deep into that. So we're, we're developing right now, we sent out yesterday a value statement that tries to, we've worked with the ACLU, the Josiah Bartlett Center, the governor's office to try to make sure that we are preserving free speech for all voices across the wide spectrum of opinions. And within that frame, that we're also holding our values as an institution. So the welcoming community that we hope to create. So we've had some really uh, important and direct and honest conversations with our students. I think our campus climate survey tells us that by and large students are feeling really good on campus, but we have, again, some underrepresented groups, some individual students who aren't experiencing that. And so then that's a call to action for the campus and one that we're taking head on. Um, But I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about what you see as the opportunities for this college to make a difference in every student's life. Um, beyond the success that you just gave us, you know, what are some of the things you see on the near horizon that the college administration, the faculty, the staff, that the students, we all can do together? Certainly. I think um, a large need, uh, I don't know, it feels ironic in being uh, in an institution of higher ed to say education, mm-hmm. um, but with yeah, within, of course, staff and faculty, that kind of professional development, um, right, language, uh, is changing all of the time in the LGBTQ community. And so understanding um, what the student experience is at this time, uh, as well as the language they're using and how to be respectful um, and, yeah, being respectful, right, um, right, towards people's identity. Um, and also, of course, um, that extends to students, right? We um, have a large diversity of students, some who, um, right, grew up in all white towns and don't mm-hmm. didn't have interactions with students of color um, or um, additionally right people weren't able to be out in their high school mm-hmm. and so not not having the practice of, mm-hmm. of building relationships with those kinds of folks right. um, and again within our larger culture of really emphasizing the importance of the of that difference mm-hmm. um, as a bad thing as a way to separate us instead of a way that enriches our lives in yes. ways that we can learn from one another um, and so right so using the opportunity of a first year experience for example um, of being able to instill our institutional values um, for our incoming class mm-hmm. um, and giving them the opportunity, right, to start to understand those kinds of things and plant those seeds um, so that we can help cultivate them as they continue um, through their four years with us. Right, and I think the the other piece of it that I talk with parents a lot about is that it's, it is the education, right? It's understanding the language that's in the broader world, um, but also understanding that, that people's personal opinions are valued, that we can talk through uh, that that is our role, is mm-hmm. to, to hold a safe space for us to talk across difference and at least gain a sense of mutual understanding or strive for that, a mutual understanding of, of difference and an honoring of difference in a truly multicultural and diverse society. That is, whether we know it or not, what we're living in. And I think that's where um, difference actually is what makes us stronger and what we know about um genetic theory, right? When I think as a scientist, genetic theory means that the diversity within a population is actually what helps populations sustain themselves. Um, And so, yes, it can be fearful at times, and it does require education and language um, evolution because it is moving quickly as well. It's it's our societal uh, narrative and how we're thinking as a diverse culture is changing all the time in the popular media and popular press as well as in our established institutional structures and it's hard to keep up with it's like the pace of technology sometimes i think goodness um so as an institution we have to 
we have to stand up and and get specific. So we are in the middle right now for our listeners uh, here at Keene State of looking at that first year experience and how do we create within our college-wide learning outcomes, which also value diversity and inclusive excellence, how do we ensure that all of our students are immersed in the learning and and, um, the culture where we share educational experiences and we hold to value, um, that that we don't oppress, we don't marginalize, uh, and when we do, what what is our response as an institution either to have required educational um, engagement for those who might develop overt bias and um, have more of an oppressive presence on campus, and then what is our code of conduct for students who um, really cannot seem to uh, to understand the values and to impre- uh, express them in a way that is not harmful to others. So we're in the middle of that. So for our listeners, stay tuned um, as we continue to grapple with this, and we're doing so within the context of broader discussion at the state as well, to make sure that we hold on to our free speech ratings and those things that this isn't about sanitizing language. It's actually about opening up the narrative so that we're not um, feeling so siloed. Um, so I... Let me just do a quick uh, announcement, too. We are, again, this is WKNH 91.3 FM, the campus corner here at Keene State. We are on the super awesome student-run radio uh, broadcast station at WKNH.org. Sean is here running the board with me. Um, And, Sean, again, you're a sophomore here at Keene State, and it's so great to have you with us today. It's great to be here this morning. Thank you. Thanks for uh, for being here and for being a part of WKNH. I love it. It's a great opportunity to have since last year. I started my show second semester and just getting to know the people in the org and running for eboard and getting it has just been amazing and it's been a blast so far. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Pleasure. So Hunter, I wonder if you can. So we're in the midst of this, right? So there's the there's the individual support. There's the building of community that you create in the the um, the office with Kaya. I know that our students appreciate what we do uh, so much. I'm wondering if you could talk about the work that you and Kaya are doing as we look at creating an anti-oppression coalition for equity um, on campus. And so one of the issues, as we grapple with language, as we grapple with value statements and our strategic planning, you both have, with Dottie Morris and with some faculty and other staff on campus, begun to think about ways where um, it's a community engagement around important issues, right? And it's a continuing dialogue and a continuing set of actions. So I wonder if you could talk about what you imagine um, the future to be for our work as we try to find a different way to raise issues and make decisions. Um, This coalition, from what I've heard at a recent meeting and at a presentation that you all did at our Council of Public Liberal Arts annual meeting up in Vermont this past summer, I'm excited about what it means, and I'd love for our listeners to hear a bit before we close today. Certainly. Uh, so Kaya and I, over the course of last year, the beginning of last year, were feeling really overwhelmed with the amount of work there is. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make sense for just two of us to do that work. This is a campus-wide mm-hmm. initiative. Um, and so what kinds of... Um, containers and opportunities are we making to actually have it be um, an all-community initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's where um, right, the inspiration of the Anti-Oppression uh, Coalition for Equity was born um, in trying to right, build something mm-hmm. uh, and, ha- and invite more people to the table. Um, uh, and how we want to do that 
really is not in a top-down way where Kaya and I are steering the ship Mm -hmm. um, because we all bring different levels of expertise in our personal experience as well as the expertise from our own areas on campus, um, whether that be student, staff, or faculty. Um, And there needs to be ways for us to do this work together and be invested in that work um, and also to drive whatever the work is. because also it's not up to Kaya and I to say, these are the most pressing issues on campus and here's how we are gonna solve them. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to work together, um, which is, has been a real challenge because mm-hmm. um, we're not used to working that way. Right. We're used to someone tells us what to do and we do the thing or we grumble about the thing and we do the thing. <laughs> um, but, um, but to say, what do you think? What do you think we should do and how do you think we should do it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, is sometimes a really hard question for people to answer. Well, it's sharing power mm-hmm. in a way that I don't I don't think is common in our society, and, and it's an important part of the evolution and decision-making mm-hmm. for a campus like Keene State, and it's something I'm really excited about because you share, the, you share the conception of the idea, you share the dialogue about its importance and priority, and then if working the way that I understand you hope it to work, you sh- we then share a collective commitment and then... It isn't a top-down and it isn't a hierarchical approach to to priorities, which is very, very different. Yes, but right, but we share the responsibility and then we can share, um, right, the triumph and the results at the end. Um, And it's it's really important. When I think about the future for Keene State, um, it, it is an important part of a new way for us to deliberate and resolve issues. I, you know, it is... We cannot be hierarchical. We cannot be rigid in our structure. And because language is changing so quickly, mm-hmm. society is moving so quickly, our students as a part of that yes. work also, they're a very important voice that very rarely has a chance to flex its muscle within mm-hmm. our decision-making structures. Um, our value statement, our free, ste- free speech statements are one way we're overtly trying to draw them in, and they have exerted power. I want their power and voice to be more um, pervasive. Absolutely. And we're so lucky this year. We had an amazing cohort of first-year students um, that came in that we got to work with in our office through our leadership retreat that happens before Welcome Days in August. Um, And they have really hit the ground running in a lot of different ways. So there was um, a petition that went out um, a few weeks ago about enacting anti-racist policies Mm -hmm. on campus. That was a group of first-year students who were like, they're showing us the way. That's it. And it's really important. I'm proud of them, and I'm, I am committed to making sure that we are moving beyond words and into action. And so there'll be more about this. And, and uh, Hunter, I want to thank you for joining me in studio. This has flown this morning. Yes. Uh, Sean, thank you for running the board again. And to all of our listeners out there, thank you. It has been a privilege to, to be here with you for another half an hour uh, on a Wednesday. So I'll see you next week on WKNH.org 91.3 FM, The Campus Corner.